Welcome to the Family Health and Hustle Podcast, where sharing our stories, common experiences, and best practices about balancing family, practicing good health, and reaching your goals can help you feel supported, bring clarity, and guide you to the life you want. So if you're ready to challenge yourself, your health, and the hustle around you, then consider this your community. Now, let's welcome your host, Anthony Hernandez. Well, hey, welcome back to the show. So much of our journey and our key to success is mental. We have a choice to pursue the things that we want and no matter what that path looks like, we have the choice to enjoy it or to be happy or to look for the good in things. And listen, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight with you guys. I I, I forget that 99% of the time. I'm going through some some crud in my life, and a lot of times I'm I'm looking outward, going like, ah oh, man, why why is this happening, or why can't I make this better, or where's the answer? I'm looking constantly in other places for the answer. And I forget that a lot of it's just based on our own perspective and what we decide to do, how we decide to look at things. That doesn't mean it's going to make it any easier finding an answer to something, but maybe it'll make it a little bit easier for us to see the avenue to find the answer or see the opportunity to grow or just even see the like while we're going through that that situation to see what what it is that we're going through that we can learn from and benefit from. And again, I'm 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 the uh I'm guilty of forgetting about this. Right now, I'm been reminded that this is all in my hands. Uh this this choice. Because over the last few days I've had some things come up where I'm like, "Come on." What is the deal? And my next guest reminded me that no matter what you're going through, no matter how big your goals are, or no matter where you're starting, or where you've been, and let me tell you what, she's, she's been some places, but that we choose to be happy. You choose to be happy, you choose to be resilient, and you keep pushing, keep pushing forward, and you can accomplish amazing things. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with J.D. Joe, and she has had an inspiring life's journey, the things that she's experienced and been through, what she's accomplished, where she's going, I'm excited to have her with me today to talk about those experiences. And uh, I don't, I'm not going to get ahead of it. I'm going to uh, welcome her to the show right now and, and hear some of the amazing things that she's done and, and some of the tips and tricks that she has uh, within her current industry and path that, that I think will really help uh, all of those listening. Again, 
including me. I'm the number one person asking these questions um, and, and hopefully for you at home as well. So without further ado, JD, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate you being on the show. We've knew each other in high school and I haven't talked for years, but friends on social media and I've got to watch some of the really cool things that you've been involved in. And the listener at home is probably like, I mean, everyone, most of the people I've had on are like people I met years ago and, and just kind of like been stalking and seeing, no, not stalking, but just seeing like, wow, they're doing some really cool stuff. I should ask them to be on the show. So you were one of those people that I thought have really created a, an awesome career through multiple industries that I think don't necessarily have a clear path. And I, I could be wrong. I'll let you tell me. But when I when I look at a few different things, you've been involved in photography and now fitness and when I look at that, I'm like, I don't know if there's really like clear steps to be successful in those industries, but you've, you've seemed to nail them down and, and are killing it. And so I wanted Thanks. to get you on and, and chat about that. So you've been a professional photographer, moved to fitness, being a, a fitness coach uh, model, I, I think, and kind of excelling in that area. But before we talk about that, and I'd love to get tips from you, tips and tricks for those listening in regards to health tips, you know, things we can do at home or in our daily lives sure. to, to be healthy. But before we get into all of that, you've had some, I don't even know how to describe it. Your earlier years in life, you have overcome quite a lot. And yes. most people could take that and use that as a way to justify, quite frankly, hating life. You know, yeah. using it to to not not excel in life and not pursue the things they want, almost using it as a reason to to not enjoy life. And you've done the complete opposite. And so, if it's okay, I'd like to start there and, and hear a little bit about your story in your younger years of life, and and just kind yeah. of go and and progress from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts when I was just really, really little before. Before a big event happened, I saw my mom go through a lot with different boyfriends. My grandma was also a single mom. I had never met my grandpa. He killed himself when my mom was 12. And then all my aunts, just their relationships with men, no good male role models. But And then so I watched my mom go through a lot with different men. And she met my dad and he wasn't good to her. He was really abusive to her. Got her into a lot more drugs than she was already doing. She left him another guy who eventually one day on a drunk night killed her while I was there watching. So that was a huge pivot point in my life. I ended up having to go live with my grandma who was too sick to care for me. So then I went and lived with my aunt and uncle who eventually ended up adopting me a couple years later. That whole situation went something else on its own entirely. My uncle was very abusive and just not good to me at all. So he ended up dying from cancer when I was 14. And I just, I think a lot of what I went through in the early stages of life and even then was a lot of resilience, having to pick myself up, have to learn to be independent because I went from one situation in life that wasn't great. A kid should never go through to another. That just also wasn't great. Didn't really have a family. It felt like I always felt like that adopted kid later on, still do. But um, yeah, so I think that plays a huge part into 
my personality that I put into my businesses and can continue keep going because of that. So I learned a lot of resilience through all of that. When we when we met in high school, I would have never have known that you had gone through those experiences because you were and still are, I think, again, we, it's not like we're hanging out all the time, but back then it was like you were very fun, very lighthearted. And mm-hmm. I remember when you kind of told me a little bit about this back then, I, my jaw just dropped and I was like, yeah. wait, what? Like, Yeah, so many people, anytime they hear it, not that I go around talking about it, but anytime somehow something comes up and anyone hears anything, the same question always gets asked, how are you normal or how are you so happy? And I think that's something I really strive to accomplish in my life, even as a young kid, just choosing to be happy. So I'm not sure how I learned that so early on in life, but it's something I think I did well at. Yeah, I think you you did well at it. And what a powerful principle is we, we, we you know, we choose, we essentially choose, right, to be happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And- exactly. And it doesn't matter whatever circumstances surround our life, we hold an immense amount of power into how we approach yeah. our life, right? Yep, absolutely, 100%. Did did you find during those times, was there anything specific where you kind of found refuge? You know, obviously it's easier said than done to, to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Were there actual things that you kind of found like, this is my happy place, these are things that I need to do to kind of allow me to continue to have this upbeat attitude? Or was it, like you said, was it all just just mental, just con- consistently telling yourself, you know, th- to be positive? I mean, yeah. I mean, a lot of it was mental, but I found my place in art. I don't know if you remember how artistic I was back then. I was kind of an art nerd in high school. I remember, yeah. Yeah. But I found my place there, which then led me to the photography world and starting that business. But through painting and drawing, that was my life. That's all I did. I'd lose myself in pictures. And that was kind of a meditation for me, I guess, which now translates into fitness in a way. So it's interesting how it's evolved. But yeah, that's definitely, it's been that. That's awesome. I wish I was really good at art. I think I remember one time specifically seeing something that you were drawing or something. And I was like, man, that's so cool. (laughs) I'm like a, I'm like a stick. I know how to draw a couple Disney characters. That's about all I know how to do, but that was great. uh, Yeah. So, so as you grew older, do you still do like art uh, as far as drawing and things like that? Or did you kind of just how to tell us about that transition from that into photography? Like at what point were you like, Oh, this is, this kind of feeds my creative itch and, and I'm, I'm really good at it. Yeah. It's interesting that you asked that because that kind of plays into trauma from my childhood. Even as I got older, I continued to draw paint. That was completely my thing. And then I got married really young, 20, I guess to some people that's not really young, but I got married at age 20 and it wasn't to a good person. It was again, these, this trauma from childhood, I think of as generational cycles, seeing the men my mom was with and what happened when I was young and my grandma, my aunts, everyone, and how they were treated and not having a good male role model in my life. I didn't know how I should be treated. So I started dating and then married quickly a man that wasn't good to me. And I completely lost it. I stopped painting. I stopped drawing. Eventually I kind of started dabbling in photography, but it wasn't 
it it wasn't like I decided to pick up a camera because I fell in love with photography and didn't want to paint and draw anymore. It didn't happen gradually. It just, it stopped. And then one day picked up a camera. Someone wanted me to take some pictures of them knowing I had an artistic eye. So I did. And then it thought it was kind of fun. And from there it snowballed. So-and-so wanted to pay me 20 bucks for their portrait. And then it just kind of went from there. And then I realized I did not want to work nine to five and I did not want to work for anybody anymore. And at this time I was working as a medical assistant. I was planning on going to nursing school and going that whole route. And I just saw this glimpse of freedom I could have had doing what I wanted to do, making my own schedule. So it started in the beginning as me working a regular nine to five. I was actually also going to night school as an, for aesthetics. So I wanted to get an aesthetics license to then go to nursing school and go into that world, work in a dermatology office or something. But I was doing photography at night and, or sorry, on the weekends, aesthetics at night. So I had a pretty busy plate, but eventually I realized I could do this more often and started shadowing people I looked up to. And at this time, this was 2010, a typical photographer was not most people like they are now. It was kind of older men who were just nerdy camera people. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a much different world now, but I started learning from a guy I knew and he photographed weddings. So he started taking me along to weddings, which is how weddings then fell into place. And I started realizing I could make more money doing this. I loved it a lot more. I loved being my own boss and just kind of took it from there. That's awesome. Did you start finding photography when you were, when you were married or was that after? So that was while I was married. I feel like maybe since I had stopped painting and drawing, now that I think of it, it was another outlet for me that I had picked up to kind of escape and get in my own little happy state. So I guess essentially it started as the painting and drawing and kind of moved into that. Did did finding something like that that brought you a lot of joy, did that equate to maybe a time during that marriage where you were able to kind of step back and be like, wait a second, this there's these two drastically different things where I feel a lot of joy here and maybe I'm not feeling like everything's going great right here that's not right. I should feel this way all the time. Like, I guess, was there kind of a, a point where you were like, wait a second, something's, something's not right. I should pursue this path because that one brings me joy and, and everything in life should be more like this. Yeah, I think I always had that in me. That life at that time, everyone I was surrounded with had the mentality of you go to school, you work hard, you get a nine to five and you just work. And this is what you do. You get an education. Mm -hmm. And I just never felt completely right about that. So I had always thought that nursing route is what I wanted to go toward. It was honestly something I kind of slid into. It was not a passion. My ex-husband, my husband at the time, his uncle owned the doctor's office. Okay. So his mom was actually my boss. Oh, wow. Who then became my mother-in-law, which was interesting. not ideal. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was not ideal. So the transition from leaving that to photography, it was highly looked down upon. I got a lot of grief for that from everyone in the family. I've noticed that someone, I heard it somewhere where it was like, if you have a really good idea, don't share it with like your family and friends, <laughs> you know, because yeah. 
in they they care about you, but if they they tend to default to the safe route, right? The the route that's yeah. that everyone's doing, like you said. And so, I mean, I still share my ideas with my parents, and sometimes they shoot it down, and I'm, you know, and I'm like, whatever, you don't know. As long as we know not to listen. To <laughs> yeah, exactly. Women. I try to remember that quote. Like, yeah, you guys don't know. I was just venting to you. So I, I mean, so tell us, tell me a little bit about that. So, so they're looking down on it. I mean, was there a period of time where it, it was? Because again, you you kind of really excelled at photography. So during that time, was that just at the beginning when you were just kind of like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work. And I guess, how did you go from that to being like, you were in like some magazines and everything like that. I mean, you're, you're, (laughs) you're a big deal. I mean, this is awesome (laughs) to have you on the show. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that's sweet to say. Okay. This is actually kind of a neat story and probably not something a lot of people know. So I didn't decide to make it a real business until I was going through my divorce and at this time, I was a medical assistant. Work was getting extremely toxic, having my mother-in-law as my boss. I was getting a lot of lectures in her office about ruining her family and whatnot. And oh, her, you know, you know. But anyways. Um, Bless her heart. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so when I divorced him, I truly had nothing. We had a house together. We had bought out in Eagle Mountain and we both, well, I wanted out so bad. And eventually he was just done too. So we just kind of said, take whatever you want. We're just leaving. And we let that house go bank owned. We just were running, Um, which was not the smartest decision. Also, I was 23 years old. So I feel like I wasn't and I was not thinking very clearly. I just wanted to get out. And the, I wanted to move downtown, which isn't that far away, but felt like another world because growing up in the suburbs on the west side, downtown always seemed like this cool hit place yeah. to be. And I was kind of terrified to drive downtown. And I was just like, I'm going to go. I'm going to find myself a little apartment. And still working as a medical assistant at this office, I found this tiny little studio apartment. I had to go part-time at the office because I felt so harassed. It was really hard for me. So my, I had more bills now because I wasn't splitting them with my husband and I, my income, you know, diminished in half. Sure. So that was really difficult. And I was kind of looking for other jobs on the side, but also at the same time, I was going down a very dark hole in my life. I had started spending a lot of time with people who aren't into good things and actually started trying hard drugs that no one should ever start trying. And I had lost a bunch of weight. I got down to like 85 pounds. I was just tiny. My little apartment turned out had black mold. I couldn't afford anything else. I just, I was barely working. It was, I was just going down this crazy rabbit hole. Certain friends didn't want to spend time with me anymore because of these new bad habits I had picked up. And one day, I don't, I wish I could tell you what woke me up, but one day I needed to do something for myself. I guess I was just sick of my own shit. And I quit my medical assisting job and decided I'm going to make this photography thing work. And I had still recently moved into this place, hadn't changed my address yet. This is just an example of how low I was. I called or I got online to change my address and it cost $1. And I did not have a dollar in my bank account. I was that far negative to where $1 could not be used to change my address. I had to call my brother and ask if I could use his debit card number 
to borrow a dollar to get my address changed. So I was so far down this path and down this hole. I don't know how I even saw a way out, but I just started hustling from there. And eventually from that, years later, built my photography business to profit six figures a year consistently. Wow, that's incredible. I did not know that. That's an incredible story. Did, did you, do you find that, or did you find that now looking back during that hard time, you just got to put your head down and work? Is that, would that be, a, would you agree with that? Yeah, you really have to put yourself out there. I think a lot of people say, I want to do this, and they take some steps that they know of to do what they can to get there, but there's so much more you can do to put yourself out there. You can grow slowly. Yeah, you may grow, but I was, my back was against a wall at this point, which I feel like was good motivation for me at the time. Mm -hmm. I had to do this to live, and I had to really put myself out there. I had to reach out to people. I had to, and this was back when Instagram was, I don't even think it was a thing yet. It was Facebook. I, I posted all about it all the time and, you know, started slow, but consistently working. And yeah. And the, the thing is, is in the beginning, especially being self-employed, when you decide to do that, it's easy to fall out of a rhythm. It's easy to sleep in every day. It's easy to not have a set schedule and some kind of routine. And I think that was something I strived to do. I used my days to get up and work. I went and talked to people. I set up my own photo shoots with friends to at least continue be shooting and always have something to show. So I probably looked a lot busier than I was, which then helped me gain more clients eventually. That's great insight because I think it's interesting uh, over several of the guests that I've spoken with, and just even mm -hmm. people in my everyday life, it's incredible how oftentimes when, like you said, your back's up against the wall and you have no other option, mm -hmm. and there's going to be people in that moment that are like, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. You know, and then there's going to be other people that, yeah. that might have that thought. Maybe you did. And then, and then it was something like, or I have to make this work. It must work mm -hmm. and I will do everything it takes. And that's where you yeah. see, you know, that's where a tremendous amount of success is born in, in adversity, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that is good that came from my past, that resilience again, that I learned at such a young age. It's like, if this is what you want, you just have to do it. Just do it. And from there instill some kind of belief, like this is just going to happen because this is what I'm doing. So yeah, Photography and fitness, those are things that, and you just mentioned it, there's not clear steps. And so a lot of people get discouraged mm -hmm. from that and mm -hmm. don't achieve everything that they want to achieve. And so you're saying you just hustled. And I guess at what, what was that tipping point where it was like, okay, this is something that I'm making some money doing and, and it's fun and it's a full-time job to where it was like just exploded for you, I guess, as far as like where you're traveling, doing weddings. Mm -hmm. and Was it all weddings or were there other types of photo shoots as well? Or like what was that tipping point where it was you had hit like maximum capacity and then it just, boom, things just started coming? I think it took, I mean, my learning stages, it was years. I, I'm always so impressed when I see people now start a photography business and they're like, six months in, I'm quitting my job. I'm like, it Lucky. took me a good, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, and they're already making a bunch. There's so many more resources these days, right? Yeah. Back then I had to learn by doing and YouTube was the closest I got to resources. But it took a few years to build that momentum. <laughs> At what point was the momentum 
just kind of started tipping in your favor because you've built so much and pushed so hard. I assume you hit kind of a, a maximum velocity right. and things just were falling in place. I feel like, I mean, that definitely did happen. Looking back on it, I can see it in the moment. I did not realize that in the moment through all those years, it's consistent hustles and you just consistently feel imposter syndrome first of all that's very real i still feel it i've been doing photography professionally for 14 years and i still feel that often but there was a point now looking back on it i started my business in 2013 professionally i started the actual legitimate business in 2013 i've been doing it since 2010 in 2017 is when i think or maybe mid 2016 is when i think that tipping point happened where things just boomed and I realized, well, I'm way too busy. I now need to upscale my prices and take on less. And that was a realization for me, but I don't think I realized how big of a deal that was until later in life, looking back on it and realizing I accomplished something huge. Are you still at a point where you're continually educating yourself with photography or maybe even the business side? There is always something to learn. And it's, like again, it's changed so much over the years. Photography will always be some kind of creative outlet for me. I feel like I have to have. So I'll never stop doing it. So even though I've switched careers, I still do it very minimally. I Nowadays, my prices are very high end and I take on a lot less. So I leave time for what I want to do full time for my full time income. Um, but it's still something I love to do. And we'll never stop doing, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't, if you're, if it really brings you joy, you should never stop. Right. Thank you. Right. Let's, let's talk about this pivot. So the name of the show, yeah. family health and hustle. And I was sitting there thinking, mm -hmm. okay, well I talked about a lot of family stuff. I talk about hustle stuff. I probably should talk about some health stuff. <laughs> and you came to mind because I was, again, you've you've made this career shift where now you are yeah. really involved and, and being successful in the fitness industry, a fitness coach, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And your story encompasses all of those three pillars, but I really wanted to focus on that fitness pillar and mm -hmm. ask you kind of how you made the shift from photography into fitness. And then tell us a little mm -hmm. bit about the, that journey and some of the challenges you faced. You know, it has not been easy. So last year was the big year where I took that pivot. It's still it's still simmering and settling and I'm finding it, but it it has not been easy at all. I think one huge thing I struggled with was some kind of, I don't know, identity crisis because I am a photographer. I have been a photographer and people know me as that. My name is attached to, my name was JD Joe Photography and now it's completely different, but it's still JD Joe. So it's really hard to mentally make that shift. And I think I was really scared to let go of it. Having built a business and the struggles I went through for so long and built it as big as I did and literally get to the point where once I decided to pivot, I stopped marketing myself and I just still get consistent business just because wow. I've established myself so much. So to be able to turn that down, let that go and struggle elsewhere to then build something big has been such a mind mess, but it's going well. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's almost like 
you you leave the nine to five hoping something works uh-huh. and it's scary, right? And then and then right. you went and built this whole business and then it's like you're almost going through that again, except rather than leaving a nine to five, you're leaving something that is your baby, right? That you've built right. that feels good, feels safe to now explore something else. So I can imagine it's it's the same type of scary, just all over again. Yeah. And not to mention the, the another very saturated market. So that doesn't really help or make it any less scary. But yeah, it was it was a huge turn. Last year was really difficult because I just I work very hard already when I have one career. Now that I have two, last year I had a very busy wedding season. So I was I told myself it was gonna be my last busy wedding season. Since then I've upped my prices even more. So I take on only five weddings a year. I used to take on wow. 30 a year. Wow. Um yeah, so it's quite different. I cannot make a living off of just the five. But I still want enough to be able to feed my creative juices and, you know, also have extra money on the side is never a bad thing. But um, last year I dealt with a very busy wedding season all while developing our app that we developed for my fitness company. Yeah. So that was a lot of work on its own. And luckily, so I'm currently in business with uh, two business partners my boyfriend and his best friend's brother. They, I'm so lucky to have them because I was able to take a step back when I got really busy mid-wedding season and they were able to pick up my slack. Awesome. So that has helped a lot and made that transition so much easier. This year is much different. We're more established in our fitness industry and we kind of got momentum, we got things going, we have a clear path of where we want to go and we know what we're working toward. It's just finding those steps. So it feels a lot better not having that busy wedding season coming up and knowing that I can take that time and put it toward this. And that is one thing I keep reminding myself when I started my photography business, thinking I don't know if I can quit my job full time or even part time because who knows what's gonna happen, but I did find that the more time I gave myself to commit to what I wanted to do, the more the universe just kind of made it flow to me, if that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I think a lot of times people, they think success is going to happen in a few days, a couple mm-hmm. weeks, you know what I mean? And then they end up cutting it short. So I yeah. think that's great insight. Make sure you have enough time for things to get rolling. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So, so why, why fitness? What, what, what was that shift? You know, you talked about the, obviously it's important to you if you, if you made that difficult shift, why, why fitness? What, what appealed to you about that? Yeah. It's very different than photography or art. I have always been into it. I don't know if you remember, I was always on dance teams, Mm -hmm. just always very active. Uh, Growing up, my aunt had these old workout videos of like Denise Austin and those old school 80s workout women. And I used to watch my sister, who's my cousin sister, do them and I would do them with her sometimes. So it was kind of something I just always saw. I lived in a very healthy house. We didn't go out to eat. She did. She made home cooked meals often. So that was something that I feel like is different than most people's childhood. Um, and I feel very fortunate for that. So I grew up having this knowledge of health and being active and then Actually, in high school, I took a weightlifting class. So that was, I guess, kind of my introduction to that. And it just it just stayed. It just stuck with me. My aunt always went to the gym. And then as I, you know, got older, moved out, I always went to the gym. It just was like instilled as a lifestyle thing in me, which is so fortunate because most people do not have that. And that's often what I'm trying to teach my clients 
to make happen in their lives. But I just always loved it. And then I kind of transitioned from slowly from photography being the outlet to fitness being the outlet where it's my time. I put my headphones in, I listen to my music, I get my workout in, and I really just kind of am in my own world. I've heard people come up to me at the gym or friends that see me and they're like, I always thought maybe you're really rude or you look mad, but you're actually really nice. I'm like, yeah, I just am zoned in. And that's almost another meditation state for me. Again, help me deal with stress, um, depression runs in my family, all of that stuff, as well as longevity of life. Everyone in my family has died young. Granted, it wasn't necessarily always because of health, but they did not have good health. And I think that's one drive for me as well is just wanting to be, be active my entire life. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that it's a lot different than photography and art, but I, I've actually heard, and maybe you would agree with this, that I've, I've heard some fitness industry professionals talk about their their journey almost artistically, where they're looking, trying to create symmetry in their body and different muscles and different mm-hmm. things. And it is like an art, in my opinion, except you're the canvas yeah. rather than a piece of paper, right? Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. When I got into bodybuilding and started started competing in bodybuilding, that is actually why I did that. A friend of mine wanted to, or brought up talking to me about powerlifting, which is really cool. And I ultimately love to lift weights because I want to be strong. But the bodybuilding side of things is more of that symmetrical look. You're, It's kind of silly, but you're being judged on stage for the symmetry and how you actually look rather than just how strong you are. So there is an art to it. The other thing that I notice that's important about fitness in general is it's a good compass to when maybe things are out of balance in your life. Like if you are mm-hmm. very putting focus on fitness, you're going mm-hmm. to you're, the gym, you're going to exercise, you're going to, you're eating correctly, things like that. And then you as we all do, get to points in our life where things are a little crazy, you can physically mm-hmm. feel it. Not just physically feel mm-hmm. it, physically see it. Like for me, I don't necessarily care about my weight, but like when a shirt's tight or the belt goes down a notch, I'm like, all right, this is a, this is a sign. Something's <laughs> out of whack here. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So you've now gone from photography to fitness to mm-hmm. bodybuilding, Didn't, which is a different than just fitness. That is a whole nother, I guess, level of fitness and dedication to now where you're taking on clients and and helping them Mm -hmm. go through things as well. What are you finding is like some of the biggest challenges that some of these clients face? (laughs) Their mind. (laughs) Yeah. It is such a mindset thing. And the way I coach is very different. I don't really love saying I'm a fitness coach because it goes so far beyond that. The way we go about things is more about changing your mindset and changing your habits. And there's actually, I've educated myself on this more and more as I've realized what my clients need to actually change and that's changing habits. And you can't just change a habit. It goes so much deeper than that. It has to be, has to start very, very small. And it's a whole process to change your habit to a healthy goal. So I had a fitness coach for years and he changed his branding from such and such fitness. And then he added the word culture because it became Mm. in that subtle mind shift. Like you said, it's, it's so much about 
your mind, and then just lots of things that he said, basically, this is the way you should live. This isn't, this isn't a goal to just work on for three months. This is the way you should create your life around these healthy habits. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I feel so fortunate that I just fell into a lifestyle like that. It's just kind of how my family lives. And it's, it's been interesting and eye opening to see that that is not normal at all. Is it hard for people that who haven't been raised like that to kind of like, I mean, if all you know is fast food mm-hmm. and not being active and things like that, is it hard for those people to kind of realize that, hey, I'm not healthy? Or are you finding that mm-hmm. a lot of your clients are are from those types of uh, backgrounds or family life and stuff? And, it, and it's easy for them to see, like, something's not right. I see these people over here. They're super fit. They can run a mile. I can't walk up the mm-hmm. stairs. Like. I mean, tell what, what are you seeing from people? Why do people come to you? What is it that, that is that moment where they're like, yeah, I got to change something. Most of the people that come to me who I just attract are a lot of women who are afraid to go in the gym. They see people be strong and they, they want to be that they have kids. Usually they can't keep up with their kids and they just want to make a change. They don't feel good. And I think it takes a lot of being pushed over an edge to get to the point where you're like, I'm, I don't feel right. Especially when you've been living that lifestyle most of your life. So those are the people that tend to come to me. A lot of people, so I do online and in person, my in-person people, when they come to me more often than not, they don't even know how to do a lunge properly. Like they can barely do a lunge and I have to instruct them. We use balancing sticks. So it's really brand new people who are starting. And then it's, it's actually really fun to see their confidence and strength grow in only a few weeks time to when they're coming in, grabbing some weights and doing some lunges, you know, and I always try and remind them of that progress they make. But yeah, it's, it's very hard for people to get out of that lifestyle. And I think it, you really have to have, again, an eye-opening moment where you're like, I'm sick of my shit and you want to better yourself. So are you seeing that a lot of people are just intimidated to go to the gym because they just don't know what oh, yeah. to do? So that's almost like you said, they have to they have to be so sick of what's going on that they're like, I don't care. I'm willing to go and mm-hmm. look silly, mm-hmm. right? I put that in quotes mm-hmm. because they don't look silly. We're all here at the gym to, right. to work on things, but right. they might think that going in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's about 50-50 with my clients that hate going to the gym and I have to coach their mindset and start small habits at a time, give them workouts that are all in one location, very quick, very easy, just to get them used to going into the gym and make it easier for them and it become more of a routine. But there have been times I've had to coach people through calling me and crying. They're in their car, just exiting the gym because they went in, got overwhelmed and had to leave. It's more common than you think. And it's really unfortunate that the gym has become that kind of culture because in reality, People are only paying attention to themselves, but people are so still so intimidated to walk in the doors. Yeah. Yeah. I, my problem is I'm not so intimidated. I just get to the parking lot and usually I go at like five in the morning and I just sit there for like 30 minutes cause I'm tired. Because <laughs> that's, that's too early. That's <laughs> it fine. is too early, but I, I tried that once. I can't lift that early. I'm just not strong that early. It's uh. Yeah, it's it's I don't do it by choice. My gym, the gym by my house is crazy busy. And I'm like, Oh, I'll just go earlier. Mm-hmm. And I went at like six, still crazy. I'm like, all right, I'll go at 530. Still crazy. Yeah. And now I'm just to the point where I'm like in the parking lot, just asleep. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, why am I even here? 
So you know what though? You never regret going. I don't care if you walk in and it's super busy and you have to half-ass your workout and you just hate it. You never regret going. And I try to remind my clients of that too. So good for you for making the time to go and getting up early. I try. I'm not perfect, but I agree with you. I think you're absolutely right. You never regret going. As hard as it is to get through those doors and to step on that treadmill or to, you know, get on that bench, you never Mm -hmm. regret it. Amen to that. Right. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask for the listeners at home is Mm -hmm. what are some things well, actually, before I ask this, let me ask you this. Are you are you focusing specifically on a certain niche? Because you you and your business partners, you have a gym as well, don't you? Kind of a we safe do. spot for that. Is it, are you focusing mostly on those folks that are a little intimidated to go to the gym and kind of creating a space for them? Or is it kind of, that just tends to be the clients that you're getting? Tell me a little bit about that. You know, that does tend to be the clients we're getting, but I think that is has become what we're focusing on more. So we actually all used to work at a, a different gym. It was a bodybuilder gym. And a lot of clients there were still brand new and they'd come in. And even though it's not a big box gym, it wasn't crazy busy. There were still people practicing their posing and their bikinis. And just it just was a whole different bodybuilder vibe. And I noticed my clients get uncomfortable in those situations naturally. So when we opened our gym, we wanted to keep it small and more one-on-one. So it has a wall that opens, but in the, so in the summers we can have more people, but in the winters, especially we keep it down to only a few people training at once. And I am there with you the whole time. I'm never just go do this. It's strictly a one-on-one kind of partnership thing where we're talking the whole time it's kind of like a little therapy session with a gym session that usually ends up being, but so we unintentionally focus on those clients. It, it ends up being that way. However, with our app, we're going more towards the app now because we can reach more people. It allows more freedom for us and our schedule because you can only train so many people in a day. It's mm-hmm. actually exhausting training for eight hours in a row. So that's kind of where we're headed. And with our app, it also opens up to people who are, also comfortable going to the gym who are new to the gym, kind of a bigger dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I, I gather from our conversation that's different than like going to a local box gym and paying for mm-hmm. a trainer there is that's, I feel like that's more transactional when you have like mm-hmm. a personal trainer or a nutritionist and things like that that are standing with you really, like you said, it's not just about the fitness. It's about, it's almost therapeutic there's so much more value in that. Not to say that there's not with a regular trainer, but when you find someone that's very passionate about this and is willing to sit there and really wants you to succeed, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of power in that. Are you, obviously with an app, like you said, it's great because you can reach more people, but are you trying to kind Mm -hmm. of almost bring that type of feeling to the applications as well? Like, because I think a lot of those apps are very just, okay, stand here, lift here, do this, Mm -hmm. you know, very, you know, Yeah, ours is actually very different. It is a lot more personal. I feel like we put a lot into it and where people feel like they are, they have a coach for them. And that's important to us. Um, It's also very much geared toward small habits to reach their goals. So it's not just like jump in and go to the gym every single day and make sure to hit your protein. It's like examining what their life is like, what we can do day to day to then reach those bigger goals and make sure they do it consistently and then go from there. So it's it's really a process to create an actual lifestyle change. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a great way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those who are listening, what are a couple things that they can do today to start improving their health? Obviously, like you said, your your time's limited. You can only train mm-hmm. so many people a day. Mm-hmm. For these people at home listening, just that they can do in their home or just little shifts that they can start making today to feel better, what would you recommend? Honestly, people who have a hard time moving their body, which seems to be more people than not, taking a walk. It sounds really simple and kind of silly, but not many people get outside, first of all. I know it's kind of cold, but it still feels really good. Get the sunshine, move your body. Walking is so beneficial for our health, both mentally and physically. And if you can just get to the point where you can go on a walk every day after dinner, it will change your life. And even small steps from there, if you feel like you can't get yourself to consistently go on one 10-minute walk every single day, start by when you wake up in the morning, put your walking shoes right by your bed and instantly see them and put them on and just go. You don't have to do your hair. You don't have to brush your teeth. Take your kid, take your dog and just go for a walk. So it, it can even go down to even smaller steps like seeing your walking shoes or putting them by the door or wanting you want to attach a habit you're trying to create and build toward a bigger goal to something you already do. So if you want to say, I'm just going to go on a walk every single day, that's almost too broad for so many people. Attach it to lunch. I'm going to go on a 10 minute walk after lunch every single day, or as soon as I wake up in the morning, every single day. That's great. I I have a friend who would go to bed with his gym clothes on. So in the morning, he was like, (laughs) I got to get up. I'm already halfway there. I'm already halfway dressed. I mean, if that works for him, that's great. That would be so uncomfortable for a woman. <laughs> yeah, for a woman, yeah. For for men, you know, we're wearing tank tops and gym shorts. Not a big deal. Right. But, you know. But good for him. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, see, it's just, it's attaching one small thing to something you already do that can make a habit form and stick and then reach bigger goals. That's great. I think it's all about, and I've talked about this before, I'll continue to talk about this. It's daily disciplines, right? It's things that you lay out every day where almost you don't even have to think about it. You just put that in place and you know, here it is. I got to do this. Here it is. And it's less thinking, right? Less likely that you'll not make that decision. Mm -hmm. What is next for you? What is, what's, so photography, fitness industry, building a fitness business. Is this where we're going to see you for ever or are there some other big hairy audacious goals where you're like you know what i'm gonna build this i'm gonna make it rock and then i might just switch again and do become a doctor or uh, astronaut you know yeah all the all the above no i am loving the fitness industry one thing i love about being in the fitness industry is because it can evolve to such bigger things it already has since i started in it professionally a couple of years ago it already has evolved it went from me just wanting to be a personal trainer to owning my own gym to now being like, well, now I have an app and now I'm more of like a, a habits, lifestyle mindset coach. Like it, it just can go so much deeper and excel from there. So I plan on just honing in to the best way I can truly help people reach the masses, do it efficiently and go from there, you know, one day be on the cover of Women's Health Magazine. I don't know. There you go. Hey, you got to put it out to the universe. <laughs> I'll just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put it out because most people don't even, most people think about it and they're like, eh, that's not going to happen. Go. Oh, mark my words. I said it here first. Oh, and yep. I, I will. I have a book back here. 
written by a guy that I interviewed, John Aubrey. So when you're mm -hmm. on that magazine, I'll, yes. I'll put that right back up there on the shelf, along with any other author, okay. authors that I, I talk to or, or people that are on magazines. I'll, I'll display it loud and proud. So <laughs> Sweet, I can't wait. Yeah, good for you. Last question here, two principles that you've learned over your life that have helped mm -hmm. you overcome challenges. And I know we've talked a little bit about this stuff and you can just reiterate them if you want, but two things that mm -hmm. you've learned that have helped you succeed and overcome challenges. Mm -hmm. Resilience for sure. Being able to bend with life, not break when bad things happen, take it and make yourself stronger. And I think another big one is belief. Belief is usually followed by action. So if you believe you can do something, you take action to make it happen. So it's very important. Those are awesome. Perfect. Where can our listeners find you? Where Where's the, uh, you mentioned an app, you mentioned uh, a website. Yes. It sounds like some of that, is it is the app ready? Is it still in development? Or where can they find you in the meantime? The app is already, a website is current being, currently being rebranded. So that's not currently up at the moment, but actually will be in the next couple of days. I'm hoping right now, Instagram is the best place to find me. It's just at JD, J-A-D-I-E dot J-L. Awesome. And what's your, what's your app called? It's called Big Little Kid. <laughs> Big Little Kid. Yes. That's awesome. That's... It's like a conversation starter on its own. Yeah. That would be a, do you describe yourself as a big little kid? I mean, yes. Yes, that's kind of initially where the name came from because me and my business partners are just big little kids. And I've always been told that about myself. I just kind of have a youthfulness attitude, that kind of just positive little being. But essentially, it really means it goes a lot deeper than that. So big actually is abbreviated for bold inner growth. So it's inner growth. It's not just fitness. We, like I said, we work with things a lot deeper than that and help people truly change their mindset to change their lives and being a big little kid. So it's really just about learning to grow up and take care of yourself. It can even go as deep as, you know, your inner child, everything. That's awesome. Well, to the listener at home, go check out JD on Instagram, JD Joe, and go download Big Little Kid for some yes, great fitness tips and, and to follow everything awesome that she's doing in the fitness industry. JD, thank you so much for joining me today. And I know that your story is giving just tremendous value to people that are listening. And so thank you so much for, for sharing that, for being you know brave and open and, and talking about your life. And I'm excited to see where things go from here. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. And for those of you listening at home, if you enjoyed this episode, please Take a few minutes to share it with a friend. My hope is that we build a community of like-minded individuals and we share experiences, share the things that we've learned and the goals that we have, and really inspire each other to push forward and to give it a shot because you shouldn't be afraid to pursue your goals and understand that whatever challenges we're going through, there's other people that are going through similar challenges even worse challenges, and people are overcoming them. I want us to really come together and be inspired to continue doing good, continue working hard, and creating a life that we really enjoy and enjoying 
the path that goes along with pursuing goals and dreams. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining in today because pursuing a balance between family, health, and hustle can feel a little wacky sometimes. So we need to learn from each other. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. In the meantime, download our free ebook, Six Secrets for Success at FamilyHealthAndHustle.com. And remember, we're on this journey together.